Good morning. As we begin worship today in this new series about Pentecost, let us sing together this call to worship. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Maranatha. Maranatha. Come, Lord, come. Come, Lord, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, come, come and be with us today. Show yourself to us. Act within us. Speak within us. Sing within us. Pray within us. Come, Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Maranatha. Maranatha. Come, Lord, come. Come, Lord, come. Amen. Good morning, and welcome to Calvary Baptist Church. My name is Lauren Everick, and I'm the new interim children's minister here at Calvary. If you are new with us today, we want you to know that we're so glad you're here and that you're welcome. You will need a worship folder and one of the hymnals in front of you to guide you in worship today. Also, we would love to have the opportunity to follow up with you by phone or email to get to know you better. One way this can happen is to fill out one of the visitor cards in front of you and turn it into the offering as it comes around later in the service. This is also a way you can ask for more information about different ministries at Calvary or let us know how we can be praying for you throughout the week. This morning you may notice a new addition to our sanctuary. If you haven't had a chance to count them, there's about 300 white, red, orange, and yellow balloons. These balloons are here as a symbol of Pentecost Sunday, which will be the new focus in the weeks to come. If you're thinking, wait, we've already celebrated Pentecost this year, that's because you're right, we have. Pentecost Sunday is one day out of the year that marks the coming of the Holy Spirit and the power that we as believers in Christ have access to through the Spirit. But don't we have access to this power year-round? Shouldn't this mean that we talk about the Spirit year-round? Instead of leaving Pentecost Sunday in its box to celebrate again next year after Easter, we will be entering into a time here at Calvary where we talk about what it means to be Pentecost people all year. 
As we worship in the coming weeks, we invite you to think about what it means to you to be empowered by the Spirit and to ask God what he's empowering us to do at Calvary at this season. The Spirit is alive and moving in this place. before you this morning confessing that we often expect so little of you. In our prayers, God, we must sound like immature children who can't even begin to imagine the full expanse of your immeasurable power and majesty. God, we acknowledge our feeble attempts to capture a glimpse of you in our lives are often clouded by our own shortcomings. And yet you are here with us in all your glory because you choose to be here, for you are Yahweh. God, if only we could comprehend what your presence in our lives really means. If we could somehow let go of all that we think we know about you and just look up and see your face. If we as a church really opened ourselves to walk in the presence of your unexplainable yet undeniable Holy Spirit, what then? We ask you this morning, God, to give us the courage to look up and pay attention. Amen. Holy Spirit,
Spirit rain down, rain down, oh comforter and friend, how we need your touch again, Holy Spirit We stand on your word, Holy Spirit, rain down. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can know what God has in store. So open up heaven, open it wide, over your church and over our lives. Holy Spirit, rain touch again, Holy Spirit rain down, rain down, let your power fall, let your voice be heard, come and change our hearts as we stand on your word. Holy Spirit, let your power fall, let your voice be heard, come and change our hearts as we stand on your word, Holy Spirit. A reading from the book of Acts of the Apostles. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which, he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the uttermost parts of the earth. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, People of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. 
A reading from the Epistle to the Ephesians. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his Spirit, so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is, what is the, the breadth and length and, and height and depth, and, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that, that you, you may, may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Spirit, spirit of gentleness, blow through the wilderness, calling and free. Spirit, spirit of restlessness, stir me from placidness, wind, wind on the sea. You moved on the waters, you called to the deep. Then you coaxed up the mountains from the valleys of sleep. And over the eons, you called to each thing. Awake from your slumbers and rise on your wings. Spirit, spirit of gentleness, blow through the wilderness, calling and free. Spirit, spirit of restlessness, stir me from placidness, wind, wind on the sea. You swept through the desert, you sung with the sand, and you goaded your people with the law and a land. And when they were blinded with idols and lies, then you spoke through your prophets to open their eyes. Spirit of gentleness, blow through the wilderness, calling and free. Spirit, spirit of restlessness, stir me from placidness, wind, wind on the sea. You sang on a stable, you cried from a hill. Then you whispered in silence where the whole world was still. And down in the city you called once again when you blew through your people on the rush of the wind. Spirit, spirit of gentleness, Blow through the wilderness, calling and free. Spirit, spirit of restlessness, stir me from placidness, wind, wind on the sea. You call me in tomorrow, you break unshut chains from bondage of sorrow. All the captives dream dreams. Our women see visions. Our men clear their eyes. With bold new decisions, your people arise. Spirit, spirit of gentleness. 
wilderness, blow through the wilderness, calling and free. Spirit, spirit of restlessness, serve me from placidness, wind, wind on the sea. Now, gracious God, may the words in my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this place be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. And so we say, come, Holy Spirit, come. Amen. How many of you have heard of gospel singer Marion Williams? A few hands out there. Well, Marion Williams was born in Miami, Florida in 1927. Her father was a butcher, a barber, and a music teacher, and her mother was a laundress. And although she was one of 11 siblings, Marion was actually one of only three who survived past their first year of life. Her father died when she was nine years old, and by the age of 14, Marion left school to support her family by working as a maid because her mother had lost both of her legs to diabetes. And it was around that time that Marion discovered her true passion, singing. Marion sang at church, on street corners, and at tent revivals. She soon became known all across the country for her powerful voice, performing on Broadway and at Carnegie Hall, and she went on to travel the world in various plays and singing groups. In 1993, Williams became the first gospel singer to receive a Kennedy Center honor, and her tribute that evening included performances by Billy Preston, Little Richard, and the late Aretha Franklin. Now, shortly before her death in 1994, Marion was interviewed on the radio show Fresh Air by Terry Gross on NPR. And in this interview, Marion talks about her life journey and her faith, and her humility and genuine spirit are just so apparent throughout the entire conversation. But quickly into the conversation, you discover something surprising about her. Marion actually has a soft, relatively measured, and very quiet speaking voice, which is pretty unexpected for someone who has sung so bold and passionately all around the world. In one of the most memorable moments of the interview, Terry Gross says, Marion, I think a lot of our listeners might be wondering how a woman with such a big and powerful singing voice has such a comparatively small speaking voice. Marion laughs and says, I have always wondered that myself. <laughs> I don't know why, I just don't talk very loud. I don't. But give me that singing and I'm ready. So then Terry asks a follow-up question. She says, Marion, what happens to you when you sing? What kind of change do you feel? And Marion says this, what happens to me? The Spirit of God, honey. It overflows me, illuminates me. It's the Spirit of God, honey. It makes a little voice big a shy person brave, and takes an ordinary, dim little life and makes it a bright life for the world. Well, today and for the next few weeks at Calvary, we are going to be talking about the Spirit of God, honey, and about all of the ways the Spirit helps us to do the things that we could never begin to imagine being able to do on our own. Now, if you are familiar with the church calendar, you know that today is not Pentecost Sunday, which is when the church normally celebrates the coming of the Holy Spirit into the world. Pentecost Sunday traditionally falls seven weeks after Easter. And on Pentecost Sunday, we tend to do some outside-the-box type things in worship. 
We might wave red banners representing the Spirit. We might pray in all sorts of different languages representing how the Spirit knows no boundaries. We do some creative things, but then we like to put all the decorations and excitement back into the box because we don't want to get too carried away. And then we tuck them away until next year. But this summer, as our team was planning together for worship, we thought, what would happen if we were to take Pentecost outside the box this fall? And perhaps more importantly, what would it look like for us to be Pentecost people? People like Marion Williams who sing with the power of the Spirit of God, honey, and people who live with the power of the Spirit of God all year long and not one Sunday a year. And so, for the past few weeks, for the next few weeks in worship, we are going to be taking a closer look at some of the Pentecost text in the book of Acts and in other places in Scripture that help us to discover more about the work of the Spirit in our world. Because just like the first four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tell us the good news of what God does through Jesus, the book of Acts and other books of the New Testament tell us the good news of what God does through the Holy Spirit. Well, in today's text, from the very first chapter of the book of Acts, just as Jesus is ascending to heaven, the disciples have one final question for him. And they ask if it's time for them to come with them, with him. But Jesus says to them, no, you don't get to know God's timing. But what you do get is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all over Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the world. These are Jesus' last words on earth as told in the book of Acts. I don't know about you, but I've heard these words many times before. Jesus' last words in Matthew's gospel were actually inscribed on the wall at the entrance to my church growing up, and I knew them like the back of my hand. But when we are studying a text that might be familiar to us already, it's always wise to ask ourselves, what have I not seen here before? What am I missing? How might God be speaking a new word to me through this text? And this time, as I reflected on these words, a new word suddenly jumped off the page that I had never noticed before. When it said, you will receive power. Jesus turns toward this anxious, timid group of disciples who are looking at each other wide-eyed and mystified, asking themselves, what in the world are we supposed to do next here? And Jesus says, don't worry, you're going to have some help after I leave. You don't have it yet, but when the Holy Spirit comes, you are going to receive power. And Brian Peterson, who is a professor of New Testament points out that the language here is actually reminiscent of Gabriel's words to Mary back in Luke 1, where Gabriel says to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And so in Luke 1, the power of the Spirit of God brings about the birth of Jesus Christ. And here in Acts 1, the power of the Spirit of God brings about the birth of the church. And so, church, do we know that we have the power? We have the power of the Holy Spirit in our midst. How might you describe that? What does that look like for you? For some of us, it's that extra dose of courage that we receive to do the things we can never imagine doing on our own. Or it's that conviction in our heart when we know we're doing something we probably shouldn't be doing. It's that feeling in our gut that is always guiding our way, even when we can't understand it ourselves by human logic or reasoning. For some of us, it's what helps us to keep getting out of bed in the morning, to keep putting one foot in front of another, in front of another. Maybe it's that adrenaline rush that runs through our body before we do something that is so hard, but we know it's right. 
Or maybe it's that deep breath of fresh air that fills our lungs, giving us the peace of mind to keep going. I don't know about you, but I felt that breath of air as the choir sang Blessed Assurance just moments ago. We call it lots of different things, but as Marion Williams says, it's the Spirit of God, honey. It makes the little voice big, a shy person brave, and takes an ordinary dim little life and makes it a bright life for the world. As Jesus reminds us before he ascends to heaven, the Spirit of God gives us power. Now we have an elephant in the room today, some balloons. I'm sure you've noticed them. And you're wondering, okay, what in the world are they going to ask us to do with those balloons? We will let you know, don't worry. And I know Josh Borderud and Joel Weaver are already plotting for how this might show up in Calvary Night Live. <laughs> While I was working on this sermon, I began to imagine what it would have been like if we had showed up and we had asked you to blow up all of these balloons in worship today. If we just passed out balloons and said, everybody blow one up. It would have taken a lot of huffing and puffing, but with this many people, I, th I think we probably could have done it. But then, even after all that work, the balloons wouldn't be floating in the air like they are now. The balloons would be scattered around, bouncing around the floor and the pews. And so what if we had asked you to keep all these balloons floating in the air throughout worship? Knowing Calvary, we probably could have made that happen too. <laughs> or at least some of the balloons for some of the time. I could really imagine us having a giant balloon party in this space. And I can already see several ones of you jumping up and down and over the pews, trying to keep the balloons in the air, throwing them off the balcony, across the aisles. I can even see the youth jumping into the baptistry and throwing balloons out there. We could have done it. And then I could see us taking some really funny videos of ourselves and saying, look at all the fun we have at Calvary. We can keep all these balloons going in the air. Aren't we great? Look at all of the wonderful, beautiful things we can do in this place. And then I would imagine that after a little while of that, we would begin to get tired. And slowly we would begin to let the balloons drop one by one. And after a while, we would leave worship with a floor covered with balloons, and we would think, well, that was fun. And I can't help but wonder if this is how we act sometimes, perhaps without even realizing it. I wonder if we're spending our time throwing around these balloons that we've blown up all on ourselves, that we're constantly trying to keep up in the air around us, and we pride ourselves on being so busy and accomplished, both individually and even as a church. And then we look around in ourselves and say, look at how great we are. Look at all the balloons we can keep going in the air. Look at all the things that we can do in this place. I wonder if you and I can get so preoccupied with doing even good and wonderful things that we forget that there is another way. There's a better way, as Jesus tells Martha while she is stressfully scurrying around the kitchen trying to keep everything going. We forget that there is a power available to us, a power that is not our own. That is why we did not ask you to fill up balloons today and to keep them up in the air. Instead, we chose to fill balloons with helium. We chose to fill balloons with something that you and I cannot begin to create on our own, no matter how hard we try, because it's helium and not human breath that gives balloons the power to float. And by no power or human effort of our own, there are almost 300 balloons floating above us today. We didn't have to huff and puff to blow them up. We're not having to jump up and down to keep them floating up in the air. We can't do that. <laughs> and I can't help but think that this is what trusting the Spirit is like. Trusting a power that we cannot create or manufacture within ourselves to do something that we could never possibly begin to do on our own. 
Now, that doesn't mean there's not any work required of us to follow where the Spirit leads. Carla, Almeida, and a whole team of volunteers were here early this morning filling balloons with helium, tying them up, and preparing for our worship time together. It required a lot of hard work. But when they used that helium tank, they were trusting something separate from themselves to finish the job. And that's what trusting the Spirit requires of us, too. Yes, it is still hard work on our part. As Galatians reminds us, we are not to become weary in well-doing. And as Colossians says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. There is good and important work to be done in following the Spirit. But there also comes a point where we need to open wide the valves of that spiritual helium tank and to trust the power of the Spirit to show up and to do the things that we can't even begin to imagine doing on our own. I believe we see flickers of the Spirit's power at work all around us in this way. I believe we saw it this summer when we met our goal for Journey On in mid-July and finished paying off our remaining building debt in the dead of summer. Who could have imagined that that would happen when less than a year ago we actually reduced our overall budget by 15%? It's absolutely incredible. But it wasn't by our, our power, Calvary. I wholeheartedly believe that it was the power of the Spirit. It's the Spirit of God, honey. I believe our youth experienced this power this summer when they served in Colorado Springs, each of them receiving the power to get out of their comfort zones and to connect with children they'd never met before and to minister in some pretty incredible ways. It's the Spirit of God, honey. I experienced it earlier this year when we had to reschedule our spring break mission trip to the border. We were disappointed but we trusted that God might have a reason for us to go another time. When I just happened to meet Pastor Melba Zapata at a conference the very next week, and we began to dream about a partnership between our churches. And the timing couldn't have been more perfect for our mission team to serve alongside them this summer at the border. That's the Spirit of God, honey. I think we all experienced it last week when we walked into a sanctuary filled with backpacks and school supplies for West Avenue, and then we were even able to completely surprise the principal with a check from our surplus. Calvary, we don't use the word surplus very often. <laughs> this is not by our power. It's the Spirit of God, honey. Barbara Brown Taylor says it this way. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit performs what she calls an artificial resuscitation on a room full of well-intentioned bumblers, turning them into a force that changed the history of the world. The question for me, she says, is whether we still believe in a God who acts like that. Do we still believe in a God who has the power to transform us, both as individuals and as people? Or have we come to an unspoken agreement that maybe our God is pretty old and tired by now? Someone to whom we may address our prayer request, but not anyone we really expect to change our lives. Friends, do we expect the Spirit of God to change us? to change our lives, to transform our church, our community, our world? Do we believe that by God's power at work within us, the Spirit of God can do abundantly more than we could ever dare to ask or imagine? And if so, the question I want us to ask ourselves today is this. What do you need the Spirit of God to empower you to do next? What brokenness in your life do you need the Spirit to heal? In what grief or sadness do you need the Spirit to breathe hope and new life? 
What relationship in your life do you need the Spirit to restore? What sin in your life do you need the Spirit to help you overcome? In what situation do you need the Spirit to give you the courage to be brave and to show up? In what seemingly impossible situation in your life do you need the Spirit to show up in a completely impossible way? And do you believe that the Spirit can do that? Because if the Spirit of Christ lives in you, friends then you've got the power. It makes a little voice big, a shy person brave, and it takes an ordinary, dim little life and makes it a bright life for the world. It's the Spirit of God, honey. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would flood our hearts and imaginations and minds with what way you are calling us to trust you to believe you, and to take the next step with you. Help us to consider how we need you to show up in our lives and in the world around us. Help us to pay attention to the the ways that you are already in our midst and we are unaware. Help us to sense that and to be brave enough to follow wherever your spirit might lead. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Well, you have heard today that there is a power available to all of us, a power that is greater than ourselves, and it's the Spirit of God, honey. Through Jesus, that power defeated death and was raised to new life and all that we might not only have life, but have it abundantly. Maybe you're ready to join us and to become a Pentecost person. Someone who boldly and bravely seeks to walk in the way of the Spirit wherever it leads. There is no better time to do that than today. Or maybe you want to join our community of faith here at Calvary where we seek to know and to follow Jesus together and to follow the winds of the Spirit wherever they might lead. We would love to welcome you into our church family today. And so however you feel led, our ministers will be in the back of the sanctuary ready to receive you and to pray with you as we continue in worship. But to everyone who is here today, I would like to pose the question that I asked a few moments ago. What do you need the Spirit to empower you to do? In what ways do you need to trust that there is a power that is greater than yourself, a power that can do abundantly more than we could ever dare to ask or imagine? How do you need the Spirit of God to show up in your life right now? I'd love for all of us to consider how we might answer this question. What do we need the Spirit to empower us to do? And then as we reflect and as we sing, I invite you to come and get a balloon from the front or the back. You're going to hang on to your balloon because you know what happens if you let it go. Hang on to your balloon and take it with you back to your seat until we share more instructions later in worship. Shout! I'm gonna, gonna shout, shout when the spirit says shout, 
and obey the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. And obey the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. And obey the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to pray when the Spirit says pray. I'm going to pray when the Spirit says pray. I'm going to pray when the Spirit says pray. And obey the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to cry when the Spirit says cry. I'm going to cry when the Spirit says cry. I'm going to cry when the Spirit says cry. And obey the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to shout when the Spirit says shout. I'm going to shout when the Spirit says shout. I'm going to shout when the Spirit says shout. And obey the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. And obey the Spirit of the Lord. Sing when the Spirit says sing. I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. I'm going to sing when the Spirit says sing. And obey the Spirit of the Lord. Loving God, as people living by your Spirit, today we, may we kneel before you, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. May the glorious riches of your love strengthen us with power, and through your Spirit and through your Word, may you dwell in our hearts through faith. And in the giving of our time and resources, may we be unto you a people rooted and established in love, unity, and inclusion. May we grow and remain in you, living by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. I'd like to invite Jess Gregory to join me up front. I hope you have gotten a chance to meet Jess over the past few months. She moved here last spring from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and also started Truett Seminary last spring and is a dual degree um, social work MDiv student and also at the Garland School of Social Work. When I asked Jess what she is passionate about, she immediately said church and community health. Uh, good food, which I think many of us will resonate <laughs> with as well, and, and also with travel. Uh, Jess was one of our summer missionaries who traveled to serve in Tanzania this summer. Jess, the Calvary family is excited to welcome you and um, to journey with you in the days ahead. And we have some words that we would like to say to you today. In response to your hope you'll take a moment to welcome Jess at the end of worship in the Welcome Center as we leave today. And if a few of Jess's friends from the Young Adults group would like to join us out there, I'd love for you all to join us in that moment as well after worship. And so you can have a seat and we'll walk out together in just a moment. I also want to call up Jessica Roseberry and Alice Fry to join me up front. This is Alice coming up right here, and this is Alice's first week with us here at Calvary as our social work intern from the Garland School of Social Work. Alice is also a dual degree student and just finished her Master of Theological Studies at Truett Seminary. She did her undergrad work at Baylor in art and is a talented potter who also works at Black Oak Pottery, and I am super excited to learn more about her, more from her about that. Uh, she is currently exploring how she might incorporate her art practice into her social work and work with people in the church. And we hope you will make Alice feel welcome with us here at the Calvary family over the next year as she serves as our social work intern. Alice, I'd love for you to go out to the Welcome Center with me as well. And just as we are saying hello to a new friend, unfortunately we are saying goodbye 
for now to another friend. This is Jessica Roseberry's last day with us here at Calvary. She will be moving to Nashville, Tennessee, where she plans to begin her Ph.D. in oral history at the beginning of next year. And Jess has been such a servant leader and a faithful friend in the Calvary family. And we will dearly miss your presence with us in this place. And so I would love for you to, to go out with me as well. Lots of people that I hope you'll take a moment to visit with in the Welcome Center. So you all can have a seat as well, and we'll walk out after the benediction. Well, Calvary, I would like to invite all of you to stand with me for a moment. You'll notice that we still have our balloons. <laughs> And each of these balloons represents a way that we need the Spirit to empower us. And all of these balloons show the many ways that we are trusting the Spirit to breathe life and to empower Calvary in the days ahead. And so as we sing our benediction today, I would like to invite you, as you feel led, to let your balloon go. Right here in the sanctuary, not outside. Let your balloon go and trust that the Spirit is always with you, empowering you to do the things you could never begin to imagine doing on your own. And remember that the Spirit of God goes with you all the way. Go in peace, go in love, go to seek, go to serve, go in hope to work and pray, and God goes with you all the way. Go in peace, go in love. Go to seek, go to serve, go in hope to work and pray, and God goes with you all the way, and God goes with you all the way. Go in peace. Amen. Thank you.